Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with the Capital One Venture X Card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. As we uncovered more clues about who could have written the Trojan horse letter, every so often, Hams and I would go back and reread the letter itself to see whether the new information we were finding unlocked any of the letter's secrets. We definitely did that after we got a hold of the audit report. And that's the audit report. This is the Birmingham City Council's report about whether head teacher Rizvana Dar had faked resignation letters from four teaching assistants at her school, Adderley Primary. The audit report, remember, predated the Trojan horse letter. And so, after digesting the audit, Hamza and I gave the Trojan horse letter another look. Oh, my God. Hamza started shaking his head. Let me tell you something. The audit report, the fact of it, it looked like it had been incorporated right into the Trojan horse letter. Get a load of step four of the plot, Hamza says to me. Step four is the part of the letter that says you're supposed to get TAs to cook up allegations against the head teacher in order to spark an investigation. To add credibility to the issue, it is always better to push for an external counsel investigation. It is also That's important... That's the audit report. What hadn't jumped out at us until we read the audit is that according to the letter, the TAs are supposed to push for a specific type of inquiry into the head teacher they're targeting, an external counsel investigation. The audit investigation we just read was exactly that, an external counsel investigation into Rizvanadar that the TAs at Adderley had asked for and participated in. And step four continues. We have Sally here who always pushes on our behalf, and she has helped us a lot. The council are not good at Sally is a name that's mentioned a bunch throughout the Trojan Horse Letter. Eight times, to be precise. That's far more than anyone else aside from Tahir Alam, the supposed kingpin of the scheme, who's also mentioned eight times. In the world of the letter, Sally is a key accomplice of Tahir's in Operation Trojan Horse. The letter describes her as a Birmingham City Council officer who's a mole, essentially, aiding the jihad from inside the upper ranks of the local government. Sally has been very supportive and has helped our agenda progress, the author writes. According to the letter, once the TAs make false allegations against the head teacher they're working to unseat, Sally is the one who'll make sure the city council launches an external investigation into that head teacher. So it's like any audit report you might see, any investigation from the council you might see, you know, especially something with this woman Sally's name on it. It's just a, a sham part it's, of this it, plot, basically. It's a sham. The name of the council officer who commissioned the audit investigation into Rizvana Dar? Sally. Let me look at the audit report. Where's her name on there? Let me see. Yeah, I mean, Sally Taylor's the directorate. She's head of the directorate. Her name's on the bottom of the audit report here. Right. Sally Taylor was a high-ranking but inconspicuous bureaucrat at Birmingham City Council. She was the person in charge of managing the city's schools during the Adderley dispute. When the TAs reported to Birmingham City Council that Mrs. Dar might have falsified their resignation letters, it was Sally who received those complaints. It was Sally who got the council's audit team to investigate the complaints. And when the council decided to get the police involved, Sally was also a part of that. The Trojan horse letter makes it seem like she did all of that duplicitously, in league with the Trojan horse plotters. I mean, 
It's not even that clever. The Trojan Horse Letter looks to us to be taking direct aim at one of Birmingham City Council's own staffers, ham-handedly trying to make the audit investigation, which was so blisteringly critical of Rizvan Adar, seem rigged. The Birmingham City Council is supposed to have fallen for this and considered the letter a real Islamist threat? It's ridiculous, actually. What happened? What happened? Why is everybody looking away from this? It's right here. It's in the document. From Serial Productions and The New York Times, I'm Brian Reed. I'm Hamza Sayed. This is The Trojan Horse Affair. Armed with the audit investigation, which officials had retracted and were committed to keeping reporters like us from seeing, we went back to Birmingham City Council, this time to the council's current deputy leader, a woman named Bridget Jones. I know, I know, it's spelled differently, though. We went to Bridget Jones because during the Trojan Horse Affair, she was the elected official who oversaw school policy, and she was in charge of the Birmingham City Council's response to the Trojan Horse letter. Albert Board introduced us to her, actually. Bridget Jones was a protege of his a rising star in the local Labor Party who, like Bohr, is a former physicist. Councilor Bohr told us Deputy Leader Jones would have much more on-the-ground knowledge of how the city dealt with the letter. So I asked her, first question. When you got the Trojan horse letter and you guys started discussing it here in the council, when was the first conversation um, you, other people at the council, had about Adderley Primary School? Adderley, um... I don't think we had conversations about Adley specifically for some time. I told Bridget Jones, we know about the audit report. We know when you received the Trojan horse letter, the council had just finished an investigation into Rizvan Adar and the resignations at Adderley. So I'm wondering, what were the first conversations you had when you read the Trojan horse letter and it's all about Adderley and you guys had just finished this audit? Um, I wasn't personally involved in any of that audit work. So just explain the politician versus the officer split. Um, we do audit she knew about the audit investigation. She knew what we were talking about. But she explained, she's a politician, an elected official. Much of the council's business, such as audits, is done by officers who aren't elected. So even though Bridget Jones was the council member in charge of education in schools, she says an audit would rarely come to her awareness. Now this one, one of the recommendations of it was that the matter be re- referred to the police. So you wouldn't be aware of that even? Gosh, you're asking it was about four years ago now. Um, to be honest with you, I'd have to go back and look at my records. So you don't remember talking about Adderley at length when the Trojan Horse Letter came in? The focus when the Trojan Horse Letter came in, it, we, we looked at it as a whole. So it was more of a question as to whether this kind of thing was systematically happening. But the letter as a whole begins by listing examples right, of schools where this plot was underway with Adderley being the one that was discussed at greatest length. So even if you look at the letter as a whole, when did the council become aware that this Adderley case, we had just investigated this? I don't think I personally was aware that we had had that investigation so quickly beforehand. That but really when, you don't else. know when you became aware of that? For me personally, um, quite some time afterwards, I think. Many, many months from memory, so... The implication of what Bridget Jones was telling us 
is that as she was managing the fallout from the Troja horse letter, council officers didn't bother to share this information about Adelie with her. They never even mentioned the audit investigation to her. For months, which is mind-boggling, Councillor Jones was having meeting after meeting about the letter. As the national government in London bore down on Birmingham City Council, castigating local officials for allowing a possible Islamic plot to spread on their watch, Bridget Jones offered her resignation to Albert Bohr, which he refused. She testified in front of Parliament twice about the council's handling of it. As far as Bridget Jones could remember, through much of that, through these stressful Trojan horse-related events, her colleagues never thought to say to her, hey, by the way, you know that intricate part of the Trojan horse layer that mentions the headteacher Adderley and bizarre resignations? We actually just asked the police to look into those because our auditors think the headteacher might be a phony letter writer. Just FYI. Well, I didn't know that information was there. How is that possible? In fact, this let's... is so important. <laughs> it's so relevant to this letter. That's really shocking. Psychic. <laughs> but she didn't need to be. Sally Taylor, the council education director who commissioned and signed off on the investigation into Adderley. The person the letter claims is a mole. She and Councillor Jones worked together all the time. They had weekly meetings about schools. She, w- she wouldn't update you that we have a head teacher who's been accused of fraud and we're referring the matter to the police. So that kind of thing would usually come to a briefing, but I do not remember that coming to any of my briefings. I don't remember this anyway. Uh, you've got to remember this was... A couple of things were about to happen in his conversation with Deputy Leader Bridget Jones. Yeah. I mean, we can show you. <laughs> just... Brian was about to pull from his backpack some council correspondence we'd obtained, like, this is... showing that Sally Taylor definitely was talking about the Rizvan Adar investigation in the weeks before the Trojan horse letter showed up, to which Bridget Jones would reply, Where'd you get these? Where'd you get these, she'd say. From reporting. I mean, this is a letter from Sally Taylor, again, November 6th. Bridget Jones would look at this official correspondence from Sally Taylor, in which Sally's writing in November 2013, the same month the Trojan horse had appeared, about the audit investigation into Rizwan Adar and how the council were referring the Adelie matter to the police. And Councillor Jones would say, again, yeah, that's Sally's thing. I wouldn't necessarily know about that. We'd then point out to Bridget Jones, you had weekly meetings with Sally Taylor, and she's named in the Trojan horse letter. And Bridget Jones would interrupt. That, that's important to say. Sally is not named in the Trojan Sally horse letter. Sally Turner is named in the Trojan horse letter. Who we, which is a weird bone for her to pick because it's technically true. The one time the letter mentioned Sally's last name, it says Turner, not Taylor. But we have a document produced by the council which says right in it, the letter's probably referring to Sally Taylor because there was no Sally Turner who worked there. Bridget Jones would remain steadfast. She said she recalled no conversation from this time about Adley Primary School. Not with Sally, not with anyone at all. At one point during this exchange, Bridget Jones said something that still makes me uneasy. So it's a really interesting line of questioning because nobody has ever asked me about Adley before. Um, she got this mildly perturbed expression on her face. You look a little confused. It's just a very unusual line of questioning. Why? We're investigating Trojan Horse Letter and one of the primary claims made within the Birmingham City Council did an extensive audit into it and arrived at a complete opposite conclusion weeks before the Trojan horse letter. So it's not really unusual for us. And I, I, like it seems you, obvious Can you see us. the connection yeah. and the reason why we're interested in this? Yeah, I, it's just you're asking me about something nobody's ever asked me about before. That in itself is like pretty telling. What were people concerned about? There was like two years of hell with this letter. Why did no one at any point go, actually, hang on a minute, let's look at the claims in the actual letter. Ask all the other journalists. I think that's a rather revealing comment from Bridget Jones. Ask all the other journalists. 
When she scheduled this interview with us, she clearly did not expect us to bring up Adderley Primary School in this way. I am going to have to go, I'm afraid, because I've got some more visitors coming in. Okay. I'm sorry, I can't there was a strange, Adderley-shaped blind spot in coverage of the Trojan Horse affair. Even people who were actively trying to reshape the Trojan Horse narrative years later sidestepped that school. Serious, well-intentioned people who have done good work to correct the record of the Trojan Horse affair, even they have looked past the Adderley case. A big Guardian feature story several years on, a well-researched book by academics, a docu-play based on interviews with many of the same people we've talked to, including Bridget Jones, which has toured the country. None of these discusses the Adderley resignation dispute or Rizvan Adar. Just last year, the BBC aired a three-part investigative series about Operation Trojan Horse on a show that's called The Corrections, whose entire premise is to put right stories the media got wrong. The first episode is called The Anonymous Letter. And still, the words Adderley or Rizvan Adar do not appear in any of the 20-odd-minute episodes. When the BBC does briefly discuss the letter's origin, they treat it like a joke. The reporter interviews a TV producer who compares the story to a Scooby-Doo caper, where you expect to discover the answer at the end. And the reporter says, I'm going to disappoint you. (laughs) (laughs) There are many rumours about who authored that letter. Unfortunately, none that are fit to print. Uh, What? Oh... (laughs) This averting of the national gaze from Adderley. I think it's why politicians like Albert Bohr and Bridget Jones have been able to equivocate, why misconceptions have festered, why the Trojan horse affair has eluded genuine understanding all these years. The way nearly everyone else talks about this story, it's powerful. At times it's made me question how Hamza and I are approaching it. Mm-hmm. Imagine we got it wrong. <laughs> I do imagine that. You don't. I do. I have had moments when I've said to myself, we've got to be the ones thinking about this backwards. There must be something I'm misunderstanding as a foreigner relatively new to this event. And am I making just an epic miscalculation by casting my lot with this lapsed, often overconfident doctor squatting in his parents' apartment? The fact that so many people have looked into this independently from the cops to counter-terror expert from Scotland Yard to an independent investigated for the council to other reporters. You know, it makes you wonder if maybe you're out of your mind. Nah. Like, what is, why are we... <laughs> <laughs> nah. It's enough to make me second guess. Nah. It makes me second guess them. And did those feet this is what I'm escorting to Sally Taylor's house first thing in the morning. We're in the English countryside. Yeah, Brian saw some bushes and erupted. Are you listening to yourself? Yeah. You are just the most ridiculous human being. Sally Taylor didn't talk to us. Not this day, not any of the days we've knocked on her door, dropped letters at her house, written to her on Facebook, emailed her. We got a single email back, quote, I am no longer employed by Birmingham City Council. I provided extensive information to the various inquiries 
into the matters you refer to, she wrote, and therefore have decided not to meet with you. Accordingly, I trust you will respect my wishes not to receive or enter into any further correspondence or communication with you. So we left with Bridget Jones's word that as far as she recalled, Sally Taylor had not told her about the investigation into Adderley, which raised a disquieting possibility. If Sally Taylor hadn't passed along that critical intel to someone like a Bridget Jones, then it was possible that information also didn't make it up the chain to someone even more important. By far the most powerful person responsible for dealing with the Trojan Horse affair. Now, I know, Mr Speaker, that there are some distinguished citizens in this country who have put on their cars a poster or sticker saying bollocks to Brexit. Michael Gove. But we now know from Labour's own front bench that their official Brexit position is bollocks. <laughs> Michael Gove was Britain's Secretary of State for Education when the Trojan Horse letter appeared. He's a prominent figure in the Conservative Party. Over the years, he's held several cabinet posts, run for Prime Minister. He's currently an influential member of Prime Minister Boris Johnson's cabinet. Johnson put him in charge of executing Brexit, a serious responsibility. In a word which in Spanish translates as cojones, which he's debating here in Parliament. And in English rhymes with rollocks. Happy to give way. But there's more to this man than testicle euphemisms. Michael Gove captained the country's response to the Trojan Horse affair. Without Gove's urgent briefings to Parliament, the Cabinet, the press, about the extremist threat winding through our schools, without his decision to call in the former County Terror Chief of Britain, the Trojan Horse might have been a very different affair. So, it was important to know what, if anything, he was told about the Adderley Audit Report and its connection to the Trojan Horse letter. That's after the break. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ira Glass from This American Life. If you don't know our show, it's true stories that unfold like little movies for radio. Lots of them funny with surprising moments and plot twists. We've been on the radio for years. And we've teamed up with the New York Times to bring you new episodes of This American Life a full day and a half before you can find them anywhere else online. And the place you can do that is the New York Times audio app every Saturday morning. In the app, you also find the best of our archive, hundreds of episodes, plus This American Life shorts, which are handpicked stories when you're in the mood to hear something good but you don't have time for a whole episode. And the New York Times audio app, can I say, is chock full of tons of other stories and podcasts curated every day for those moments that you want to listen to something and you don't know what you want to listen to. You can download it at nytimes.com slash audio app and subscribe to start listening. And if you're not already a New York Times subscriber, well, this is another reason to become one. Again, that's nytimes.com slash audio app. To figure out what Michael Gove knew about the Trojan horse letter and when he knew it, Brian and I came to focus on a particular meeting. A meeting which, to us, appeared to have determined the fate of the letter. We've been calling the meeting, inventively, the Borgove meeting, 
because it was between the then leader of Burma City Council, Sir Albert Bohr, who we'd had that frustrating interview with in our first week reporting, and Education Secretary Michael Gove. The Borgov meeting occurred on February 12th, 2014. On that day, Michael Gove summoned Albert Bohr to London to discuss the Trojan horse that am and the potential plot that was underway in Birmingham schools. Just looking at the chronology of events, this is the day when everything seems to change. Before this meeting, there was relative calm. The Trojan horse that was not public, there was no media frenzy, no special investigators. Before the Borgov meeting, it's possible the letter could have been stuffed away and forgotten in a dusty filing cabinet in Birmingham. But after the Borgov meeting on February 12th, that's when Michael Gove began pushing for sweeping intervention in Birmingham. The letter hit the press, and off it all went. Now, the fact that Michael Gove was involved in a meeting that ushered in an onslaught against Britain's Muslims is not surprising at all. The right honourable gentleman Michael Gove has been referred to as one of our country's most high-profile Islamophobes. He would reject this label, but it's one he's been awarded by too many of his peers and colleagues to ignore. Conservative columnist Peter Auburn, who's known Gove for more than 20 years, described him as, quote, the unsung commander-in-chief of the Islamophobes inside the Conservative Party. The most senior Muslim politician in the Conservative Party, Baroness Saeed Warsi, who worked alongside Michael Gove in the cabinet, described his views on Islam as extremist and said that he'd radicalized she used that word with a bit of tongue-in-cheek, radicalised her party and the Prime Minister against Muslims. Gove sees Muslims as uniquely prone to violence and anti-democratic ideas through the ideology of Islamism, which he's preoccupied with. I know this because he wrote an entire book about it called Celsius 7-7, a reference to the London tube and bus bombings on July 7, 2005. Not everyone enjoyed the book. A prominent historian described it this way in a book review, quote, a confused epic of simplistic incomprehension, riddled with more factual errors and misconceptions than any other text I've come across in some two decades of reviewing books on this subject, end quote. You can understand then why people have often pointed to Michael Gove as the boogeyman of the Trojan horse scandal, saying that because of his preconceptions about Muslims, he was either willing to believe in the Trojan horse era, no matter how blatantly shoddy a piece of evidence it was, or that he used the letter cynically, without investigating its authenticity, to whip the country up against the Islamist threat he's so focused on. We knew from the Birmingham City Council's audit report that the council had already debunked the most detailed example of Operation Trojan Horse. So the obvious question was, what went down in the Borgove meeting on February 12th? It seems like that's where the council would have told Michael Gove about the Adderley audit. When we'd met with Albert Bohr, we'd asked him, what happened at that meeting? Well, um, I, I have difficulty in recollecting, absolutely. Um, Albert Bohr spoke of his meeting with Michael Gove as if it were a theoretical event, and he was imagining how it might have gone had it taken place. We'd have had put before us the Trojan horse letter, and we'd have had questions about what have you been doing. We'd have given an account of ourselves, and then government would have decided to take whatever action it wanted to take. We asked him, who else was there? It was myself, I'm presuming, and Bridget, I'm presuming. But when we went to Bridget... Were you at the meeting on February 12th with Michael Gove? No. Somehow, this consequential meeting between Albert Bohr and one of the most powerful people in the country, a meeting that most definitely happened in real life, 
no one we spoke to, Albert Bohr, Bridget Jones, top counsel officer Peter Hay, was able to recall it. Not what was said, not who was there, not even if they themselves were there. Were you at the meeting with Michael Gove in February 12th? I was. Can you tell us about that meeting? Actually, I don't think I went to the first one. It was Bridget Jones, Peter Hay, and the then chief. Bridget Jones says she wasn't there. Are you sure she was there? I don't know. Were you briefed about it when they got back? I would have been by Bridget, yes. I was not there. Whoever was at that Michael Gove meeting, beyond myself, was the chief executive at that meeting? I don't know. You were the one at the meeting. I wasn't there. We could not for the life of us get anyone to elucidate the details of this meeting. No one at the meeting from the DFE side would talk. And Michael Gove has not responded to our multiple requests for an interview about the Trojan horse affair. Maybe everyone genuinely did have collective amnesia about this one meeting. But a government meeting produces minutes, a tiresome byproduct, until they're all you've got, and then they become gold. We went after them. We put in a Freedom of Information request to the DFE for their minutes of the Board Gove meeting. They said that information was exempt and didn't give it to us. When we requested the same minutes from Birmingham City Council, it got comical. They came up with a bunch of cockamamie reasons to deny us. Then when I questioned those, they went dark on us for months and months, far beyond statutory deadlines. I got the information commissioner involved, the regulator in charge of FOIs, who agreed the council wasn't acting right. But the council stalled with them too. When I visited the council offices to find out what the problem was, employees there refused to come out and talk to me. There was a phone call where I got more emotional than I'd like to admit about the importance of freedom of information laws to democracy. So much time went by in our pursuit of these Borgove minutes that Britain installed a new prime minister. Brexit was finalized. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the De Montfort University Gospel Choir. And Hamza graduated from journalism school. His classmates had their families at the ceremony, cheering them on. Raniel Serrano. Hamza, and only me. Winner of the Channel 4 Prize, Hamza Syed. He got an award. I was proud. Once I became an award-winning journalist, Brian and I were able to nail down one measly but important fact about the meeting between Michael Gove and Albert Bohr. We are able to figure out from a council record we got who else from Birmingham City Council was present. We learned it was just one other person, one other representative from the council besides Albert Bohr, an officer in charge of education for Birmingham, one Sally Taylor. The same Sally Taylor who was implicated by the Trojan Horse Center as a double agent was the person briefing Michael Gove about the Trojan Horse Center. Sally, the supposed backstabbing, sneaky, Salafi sympathizer Sally, she was in the room with Michael Gove. Did no one there acknowledge this? And did they not talk about Adderley? Sally was the person who'd commissioned the audit investigation into Adderley. Did she not bring that up? Even just to clear her name, to show the plot wasn't real, that she wasn't a mole in their midst? We didn't know, and had scant hope of finding out. By this point, most of our council contacts were disappearing on us. Deputy Leader Bridget Jones told us to stay in touch, but despite many messages and a dialogue with the press office, she did not respond for years. Ian Kershaw, the council's specially appointed Trojan horse investigator, who was so bothered after we asked about Adderley, didn't even reply to Brian's messages trying to reimburse him, as promised, for his overnight stay on a canal boat in Birmingham when he came for our interview. 
and decided to tell his boss, Peter Hay, saying he was under pressure from the council, tried to retract his interviews with us, which is not something most journalists let people do. We weren't sure what else to try. The only person still replying to our messages was Albert Bohr. So Brian and I figured, we might as well take another crack at him. What's the harm? We set up a second meeting, more than a year after our first. So there's a resignation scandal that happens at Adderley Primary School. Are you familiar with that? Uh, familiar. Pull the Trojan horse. Now, um, I might have had some... We ran through all the stuff we'd learned since we'd last seen Councillor Bohr. Chiefly, the council's audit investigation into the Adley case. Brian pulled documents from his orange backpack. The internal order report by the city council said these resignation letters were falsified and that they were likely falsified by the head teacher. Sally Taylor had referred and the council had referred the matter to the police. Sally Taylor had? Councillor Bohr asked. Yes. In an, op- in an opposite uh, uh, yes. point. Yes. To the Trojan Horse letter. Yeah. Is this the first you're hearing about this? Because... Really? Yep. You've really never heard of any of this? No, no. I have no memory whatsoever of there being an audit investigation one month prior to the Trojan Horse letter into Adderley School. Now, I can see uh, very much uh, the re- not just the relevance, but the huge importance of this. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you can. We have the sense that the whole Trojan Horse saga could have gone very differently. I agree with you. Okay, so you agree with I agree that? With you. If I had known about this... Councillor Bohr gestured towards Sally Taylor's letter about the audit investigation. Which spoke about a totally opposite scenario to the Trojan horse letter. We would have had a different story to tell to the Department for Education. Is this issue included in the reports by investigators Ian Kershaw and Peter Clark? Albert Bohr asked us. Albert Bohr, the leader of the Birmingham City Council that hired Ian Kershaw and gave evidence to Peter Clark. Yes, but only minimally, we told him. Like a few lines. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Well, it's just making the whole thing even more um, incredible. What you're doing this afternoon is providing me with information which I'm more and more convinced I did not know about until you spoke about it this afternoon. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I have to say, as emphatically as I can, that I have no knowledge of an audit uh, investigation into Adley School. I'm surprised that um, there wasn't someone in the City Council who might have said, hold on, hold on, you need to know about this. It worries me. But Sally was in the meeting with Michael Gove. So did she not bring this up with Michael Gove? Uh, not to, not that I can recall. She really didn't bring it up? My, my recollection is uh, no. What did you talk about in the meeting then? Um, did you say, like, there's four schools where a plot is underway. What's happening at those schools? Wouldn't that be what you'd talk about? I, uh, I suspect uh, we did talk about uh, matters in that way. What, what you guys are talking about, if this is true, Sally Taylor has a lot to answer for. This is all in her head. I mean, you know no, what I mean? From no, months no, 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 it's not just all in her head. It's in writing. Can we tell you where we think this all points? Adderley Primary School. Everything we found points to the fact that this Trojan horse letter was not a true whistleblower about an issue in, in... Does that make sense? But that it was used to direct attention away from 
a police fraud investigation. And it worked. Yeah. Just so you know, like we are now uh, well into a year of trying to get the minutes from that meeting from the city council through an FOI request. So, I mean, I would love to clear this up since you don't have a memory of it, but the city council is actively withholding that information. Um, if there was a briefing for the meeting, and there would have been a briefing report for that meeting, I don't have access to those c- computer files. Um, well, someone in the city council does. They've, re- they've reviewed them. Well, I'm, I'm, I can only conclude, though, that someone doesn't want to make them available because there's something possibly that they don't want others to know about. Can you get them for us? <laughs> I'm rather interested myself to have a look at the, all the... It seems like it, yeah. It would help clear this up. I find what you're uh, telling me here this afternoon uh, disturbing. Uh, what you're describing to me is a council which I would now say is operating with motives which I do not understand. <laughs> there is... An agenda here, which a number of people seem to have been complicit in. Uh, I don't think I found myself in a in a position as as I would say as bad as this. Councillor Bohr had to go. He left us alone inside Council House, dumbstruck. Oh my fucking god, mate! <laughs> I can't believe what's fucking happened here, mate. I cannot believe it. Hamza started whispering. I went to shut the door so the council staff outside wouldn't see my colleague talking to himself. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Can you believe this? (laughs) You okay there? Oh my god, I cannot believe the words that fell out of his mouth today. Have you ever been in a room with something like that going down? I was like, "Is, is this real? The man literally said that this had the capacity to change the entire trajectory of the Trojan horse. Yeah. It's the first time someone inside of this has seen what we've seen and agreed with it. He's seen what we've seen. A couple of minutes later. Okay. He did understand it pretty quickly. Out on Temple Street, the high subsided a little. We thought about it. With Bridget Jones, we turned up with the same evidence, the same questions, and she seemed off guard the whole time. Alba Bohr presented with the same stuff. There was just a bit of a quick grasp of the entire narrative. It's fucking rapid. We didn't even have to push. Like with Bridget, we had to keep pulling her teeth, pulling her teeth, pulling her teeth before she just gave us a bit of blood, right? Him, he stabbed himself in the face as soon as he walked in. (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy. I was like, at least give us a a chance. No. My man was ready. This is the same Abapur who one year ago riled me up with talks of atmosphere and ethoses and segregated PE. But now he tossed aside his previous stance so quickly. Here's what I really think happened. He's already talked to Bridget. He already knows exactly the questions that we had. Councilor Bohr later told us he hadn't talked to Bridget ahead of time. But whatever. Here was a politician telling us that what we'd unearthed was putting him in one of the worst messes of his 40-year political career, raising the possibility of a cover-up within the council while he was leading it, and really throwing some heavy blame on Sally Taylor and her fellow bureaucrats. Brian did check in with Sally Taylor one more time and told her we know she said not to ever communicate with her again, 
but he just wanted to impress on her the seriousness of what council leadership was claiming, that she didn't share the Adderley audit report. And upon receiving this email, Sally Taylor called us back and spoke at... Just kidding. She never replied. Then, one rainy Friday, a few weeks after our second meeting with him, we heard from Albert Bohr again. Go to the side entrance of Council House at 5 o'clock today, he told us, under the archway, next to the green guardhouse. We did. And he appeared and led us to a room inside. Wait, what? What? what, what? You're making a weird face. <laughs> well, you might be surprised as well that I managed to do... Um, I noticed he was clutching some sheets of paper. I have got um, two things, mm-hmm. uh, three things. I have got the briefing note that went to Michael Gove. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I have the letter that accompanied that briefing note from me to Michael Gove. And I have the notes of that Michael Gove meeting. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Is that what you have right here in front of you? That's indeed what I have in front of me. Okay. Are you willing to share it? I probably am. You have to give me a little while. (laughs) We've been waiting for a year to hear this information, so we can wait another few seconds. Now you know. (laughs) So this was a briefing note. Albert Bohr starts reading a briefing note put together for him on February 6th, 2014, in preparation for the meeting a week later in London. And it was sent to Michael Gove ahead of time as well. One by one, the council goes through specific schools the Trojan horse letter claimed were being infiltrated by plotters and provides information about what the city council knew was actually happening with each. Regent's Park, Saltley, and... Audley School. Which school, sir? Audley. Adderley, sorry. Adderley, okay. I was waiting for that one. (laughs) Adderley. Here's what the council sent to Michael Gove and the Department for Education about that school six days before their February 12th meeting. Uh, Adley School is referred to in the Trojan Horse document. The school was inspected in January 2012 and was graded as good with an outstanding judgment for leadership and management. On 21st of December, which I presume is 2012, four support staff claimed through the City Council whistleblowing policy that the head teacher falsified their resignation letters and they had never resigned. The service director asked audit to investigate and they reported, that is, audit reported and said that in their view there had been fraudulent activity and handed the report to the police. I mean, that is the audit report. That's Sorry? The, that's the audit report and its conclusions. That is the yeah, audit report. Yeah, that is the audit one you referred to. Yeah. Yeah, the one you told us you'd never been briefed on before we explained it to you. The information you said could have changed everything had only you been told it. It's right here in a briefing document prepared for you. Well, it's not spelt out particularly. Um, uh, I can read it out to you. He tosses the brief across the table to me. Then he turns to notes taken by Sally Taylor of what was said in the meeting itself. The meeting on February 12th with Michael Gove in London. The meeting we've been working for so long to try and get inside. The meeting that we think set the Trojan horse letter on its fateful path. This is what officials said in the February 12th meeting about the Trojan horse letter. The police recommendation, including the counterterrorism unit, was that the document was bogus. That's what it says there? That's the word, bogus. These are minutes of the meeting with Michael Gove? Yeah. I scanned the briefing note Councillor Bora just tossed me. I could see the council had described the Trojan horse letter to Michael Gove and the DFE this way. Quote, There is a serious credibility gap 
regarding the document. The document contains serious factual inaccuracies and, in a number of areas, contradictions, end quote. The council also explains that their auditors had investigated a number of allegations in the letter and, quote, come to a clear view that there was no basis to these. The council determined the Trojan horse letter was bogus. Of course they did. The council told Michael Gove to his face that counter-terror police thought it was bogus. Of course they did. Sally Taylor jotted down notes to memorialize that. Of course she did. She shared what her department knew with the politicians. Her department compiled pages of facts showing what was actually going on in Birmingham schools and that the letter wasn't to be trusted. And she and her colleagues briefed Albert Bohr and Michael Gove about the fraud investigation into Adderley Primary School. So you guys, you knew. You knew this was a fake letter. Well, no one was wanting to say it was a fake letter. Why not? And for the record, you did say several times in the media, this yeah, letter is sure, a fake, it's a hoax. Sure, But, I mean, when you're given a snippet of the Trojan Horse document, you just, it conjures up a lot of issues, doesn't it? Is it a fake letter? Is it not a fake letter? What was it produced for? What was the purpose of it? Who produced it? Nah, nah. We're not doing this again. Councillor Bohr is correct that Adderley isn't given particular attention in the briefing note. It's bullet-pointed along with a handful of other schools. And I get it. The briefing note doesn't say, the Trojan horse letter came from Adderley. But something doesn't add up about the story that Albert Bohr and Bridget Jones have been telling us. Bridget Jones said in our interview that she didn't recall being informed about the audit investigation into Adderley by Sally Taylor or anyone else until well after the Trojan horse letter arrived. But we eventually got a hold of briefing documents showing that Sally Taylor and council staff did hold briefings for Bridget Jones where they talked about the Adderley audit, not once, but twice at least, before the Trojan horse letter showed up. When we emailed Deputy Leader Jones about this, she wrote back and confirmed it. She said she went through her old records and saw she had been briefed on Adderley, but that it was just one of many schools on the agenda, which is why she hadn't remembered it. She added that she trusted Sally Taylor and had no reason to believe Sally withheld anything from her. So, okay, no one put two and two together, I guess? Well, there is this other detail. We've seen evidence that after the letter arrived, a council officer who was tasked with analyzing it did point out the obvious link between the Trojan horse letter and the Adderley resignation dispute. According to the transcript of an interview this council officer later gave to an investigator, she says she wrote a memo about it, which she reads from in the interview, and she says she's sure this memo would have gone to Albert Bohr. But Albert Bohr tells us he has no recollection of receiving it. And when we requested the memo from the council, they told us it does not exist. Why wouldn't the council just tell us all this from the beginning? And by us, I mean everybody, the public. When the Trojan horse letter surfaced, shouldn't they just have said, yeah, yeah, we have a good idea where this letter might have come from, and we're on it. Don't worry, it's not a real plot. We've been investigating parts of this so-called operation for months. We've already called in the police. Instead, they've gone to such great lengths to hide the fact that they once used common sense. When we ended that third interview with Albert Bohr, he said when he had more time, he wanted us to talk him through the rest of our reporting. So the next time I was in town, I called him. As soon as he answered, I could tell something was up. I've got difficulties, he said. I asked if I could start recording, but he suggested I probably shouldn't, given what he was about to tell me. To put it rather bluntly, he said, they're trying to gag me. 
There have been discussions at high levels within the council, he said. Bridget Jones was involved. Legal was involved. It had been made clear to Councillor Bohr that they did not want a meeting with us. He was miffed about it, he said. He had plans to see council lawyers soon to discuss the matter, and then he'd get back in touch. A week went by. We did not hear back from Albert Bohr. Though we did hear from the council. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, hey. I just got a letter from the council threatening an injunction. Same here, buddy. We are in trouble. So this is where we'd landed. The Birmingham City Council was threatening to take us to court. They were threatening to seek an injunction from a judge that would force us to hand over our copy of the audit report and would legally muzzle us from ever speaking about its contents. And as for the meeting on February 12th, we know Sally Taylor and Albert Bohr told Michael Gove that the Trojan horse letter was incredible, that the police thought it was bogus, and yet... Allegations made in what has become known as the Trojan horse letter suggested that children were not being kept safe in Birmingham schools. Gove went on to treat the letter as a real threat. The steps we're taking today are those that we consider necessary to protect our children from extremism and to protect our nation's traditions of tolerance and liberty. He commissioned investigations, allowed the media to run amok with the letter. It looked as if Michael Gove ignored evidence that the Trojan horse letter was a hoax, so he could take advantage of it for his own purposes, so he could pretend there was a jihadist conspiracy taking place. How tidy it would be to be able to say that's what happened. But I can't. Because lurking in the minutes of the Borgov meeting on February 12th was a fact. A fact that would help explain what happened and open a whole new door to this mystery. There was another anonymous letter writer. What are you asking now? Is that my letter? Yeah, did you write that? Yeah. Next, on the Trojan Horse Affair. A study in Scarlet. Trojan Horse Affair is produced by Brian Reed and me, along with Rebecca Lex. The show is edited by Sarah Koenig. Additional editing by Ira Glass and by contributing editor Aisha Manazir Siddiqui. Fact-checking and research by Marika Cronley and Ben Phelan. Original score by Thomas Miller, with additional music by Matt McGinley and Stephen Jackson. Sound design, mixing and music supervision by Stephen Jackson and Phil Domohofsky at the Audio Non-Visual Company. Julie Snyder is our executive editor. Neil Drumming is managing editor. Supervising producers Enday Chubu. Executive assistant is Alberto de Leon. Sam Dornick is an assistant managing editor for New York Times. Special thanks to Cassie Howley, Francis Swanson, Seth Lind, Matt Tierney, Stone Nelson, Christopher Swatala, and Julie Whitaker. The Trojan Horse Affair is made by Serial Productions and the New York Times. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love makes solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Give yourself more lift, smoothing you know where, and get straps that actually stay put. Every style's wear tested on real women and made from premium materials. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. It's time to get your problem solved. 
Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15.